Welcome to the Tim Castle Show. This is where I meet courageous people doing inspirational things around the world. And remember, believe it is possible. You must have that belief. Believe it is possible. Believe in you. Believe in the possibility of life and just go for it. I look forward to seeing your continued success and let's do it. Let's rock it. Let's get into today's episode. So I wanted to bring this up. Now is the time to go hard. I want you to every month, when you're in sales, when you're in business development, when you're negotiating a lot, everyone else starts to get tired at certain points in the year. And there will be times when you can recognize big opportunity. And much like this small cog in this picture, you can turn the big wheel for yourself. All you need to do is go hard in those moments when everyone else is tired. So literally every quarter, I will look back through this advice and I will think through what it is that actually going hard, both in my negotiations and in my sales, what it actually means. And so when you think about the time to go hard, what you're really doing is how are customers, how are your clients, how are the people that you're serving making buying decisions in this situation? If Let's take COVID, for example. When COVID hit, the buying decisions, the strategies, the way that people work changed. How are they making buying decisions? How are they making buying decisions in this market right now? Because we're still going through these types of things. These shockwaves happen all the time. And specifically, these shockwaves happen at an industry level, at a global level, and then at a micro level, personal shockwaves. So think about this. How is your customer, you know, going back to understanding your customer, how is your customer making buying decisions in this situation? Then think about, like, this could be a micro situation for them. Maybe someone in their family died. Maybe they received some bad news. Maybe they got a promotion. How is that client making their buying decisions in this situation? Maybe their company didn't do as well. And there was an announcement in the stock market that, that their revenues have gone back or their profits are falling or that they're making redundancies. How are they making buying decisions in this situation? How are they going to negotiate in this situation? So that's that's a key aspect because when you understand how they're going to be making their decisions, you can adapt your style to suit. Blocking objections. So when things are tough, when things are hard and you're wanting to go hard, you're going to need to block objections. Objection handling is going to become a big strategy. And as we know, by objection handling, what we mean is The way you need to do it is you need to anticipate that it's going to take four, five, six, seven calls to get through to that prospect, to land that meeting, to actually get the negotiation on the table that potentially the deal will go back and forth, back and forth, and that they're going to raise objections. And the way to deal with rejections, objections is actually because you've got to understand that we all as humans have a fear of rejection. We are a social species. It's how we again survive. It's what we want. We crave that external validation. Obviously, we're in self-help and development. We're, we're looking to move away from needing that external validation. But it is just a, a deeper level. It's how we're wired. And therefore, what we need to be doing is moving back into ourselves, getting guided by ourselves. And the way that you handle objections and the way that you overcome it is by, is by doing it. By taking action, if you get rejected, if you have objections happen to you 10, 15 times in a day, trust me, by the end of the day, 
you won't feel them as much. You won't worry about them as much. You'll only see them as challenges to overcome. And therefore, you'll, you'll feel inoculated against it. You'll feel resilient to it. You'll have built that mental toughness, that stamina, that feeling of, actually, I expected that objection. That's fine. It's fine that you object. It's great that you object. Right, let's work through the objection. Let's move forward. This objection doesn't mean that we then stop what we're doing. It doesn't mean that we stop in our path and we give up. Objections don't mean that the person on the other side can't do a deal or that there isn't opportunity still on the table. Thirdly, bring value. Therefore, you can name the price. When you bring value, you're not afraid of naming your price. You're not afraid of negotiating for your value. If you're in a job interview, don't need to lower your prices or lower what you would accept just to get the job. Don't negotiate out of fear. Don't negotiate out of desperation. Don't let the situation or the, the current economy or the market or the, the other people, the other candidates that they might be holding, don't let them incite fear in you, which causes you to accept less in your worth. Bring value, show value, demonstrate it, blow their socks off, go into the room, over-deliver in the interview, over-deliver at your job, over-deliver for yourself, bring value, therefore price. Price is just a number, right? Price is part of it. That's not something that you're afraid of. It's not something that you're meant to be afraid of. It's part of, part of the process and you can name your price and they will pay. Prospect and readjust. So this is from, from a sales perspective. If you're thinking about when you're negotiating or you're doing a lot of negotiating, what you need to do is get very good at time management. So when I said bulking negotiations, if you're doing multiple negotiations, bulk them together. Have the first part of your day in prospecting and driving new business. Have the second part of your day in closing business, in doing deals, in moving those harder conversations forward. By splitting the day, become more productive. You also focus on the thing that's in front of you, that one task. So by not trying to jump through or picking up the phone at every opportunity and just mixing tasks, you're able to get gains because you're able to build on the momentum that you had in each conversation. And slowly, you start to, to find your groove and you get into flow. And in a flow state, anything is possible. In a flow state, you're, it's a beautiful state to be in. You're absolutely killing it because you're in your peak state. You're able to get more ideas, but you're able to relax into the abundance of the opportunity. You're able to relax into yourself. And that's such, such a cool place to be negotiating from. If it's not part of your daily process, it doesn't get done. So I have a strategy that I'll share with you um, as valued members of this course, but it's a strategy from my sales techniques course. So nine before 9 a.m. is my technique for selling more. And what that means is every single day, especially when you're starting a new job, but every single day I will schedule the nine before 9 a.m., which means I will reach out to nine prospects before 9 a.m., nine qualified prospects before 9 a.m. every day. What does that do? So firstly, by doing that, it raises my game. I've started the day and I've already got nine irons in the fire. What a great position to be in. I've started my day. Most people haven't begun yet. And I've already got nine irons in the fire. Secondly, it shows my clients and the people I'm trying to work with that I am a hustler, that I am working hard, that I am someone that if they do business with me, is going to work for them well. So 
I'm someone that's up, I'm raring to go, I've seized the day. Thirdly, it starts to compound. So you reach out to nine people on day one, day two, another nine people, 18 people. Day three, another nine, so 27. But I'm also following back and following up with all the people that didn't respond on Monday, on the first day. So it starts to compound. So I do nine by nine a.m. And then say three people didn't come back. I follow up with three people. So that day I followed up with 12 people. Why is that important? It's important because when you follow, like follow up on it, you actually then close two more people and then you've got two more clients. So it starts to build and slowly you've built momentum to the point where you're doing your nine before 9 a.m. But opportunities, it tips, right? You get that momentum opportunities start flowing back into you because you're following up, you're chasing up and you're, you're not going to let it go. And you're going to keep following up every three days on prospects that don't come back to you and prospects that haven't engaged with you. Three, every three days, you're going to be following up by email, call or in person. You can do the, uh, the in-person drop-in meeting, the cold meeting. It has been done. I have done the cold meeting. What, what, is, what is it? Well, it's like a cold call when you cold call someone, but you're rocking up to their office and you're doing a cold meeting. They don't know you're coming. Can be a bit weird. So the best way to make that happen is to make it not weird. Okay, so explaining why you're there, what you're doing. You were just in the area. Let's, you're dropping by. Potentially bring a gift. Make it a bit more fun than normal. Don't make it about you. Make it about them. And therefore, you can start to move through that awkwardness. But you get the job done whatever it takes. When things like COVID happened, the point was that people were so used to presenting, to doing negotiations, how they would normally do them. And so what we needed to do in this period where people are going through hard things, where more challenges are on the table than not, what you need to do is get out of this sales patter, sales presentation mode. Yes, you've done your presentation or your negotiations, a million times. Yes, you're comfortable with them. But what you need to do is to get into conversation mode, into using all the tools in your tool belt and engaging that storytelling, that dialogue, teasing out of them what's going on for them. Because when things get tough, when situations happen, like COVID, let's use that as an example, people, their minds are elsewhere. Their focus is elsewhere. Things are on, am I going to lose my job in six months? Should I be changing jobs right now? because I'm going to lose this job. Where's this? Is this going to put food on the table, money in the kitty for in six months? Is this where I see it going? Is this where I see my career going? What happens due to COVID? Do our numbers go down? How can we? And so their mind is going through all of these different possibilities and they're not in the room. And the way to keep them in the room is to not pitch at them, is to not negotiate at them, is to actually have that dialogue and that conversation. Time your pauses and your questions. So effective pausing keeps people engaged. And you can use the intonation of your words to keep people focused. So don't be rushing through when you can use an effective pause. What do you want to do? Pause. How shall we proceed? Pause. Did you realize? that we could do this. Pause. Don't be rushing. Don't be in a rush to get through the conversation. Having dramatic tension as part of your negotiation arsenal 
is really important because it is the way in which you tell the story. It's the way in which you deliver the message. It's the way in which you present the information that helps the feeling, the energy, and the person connect with what you're really saying and spot the opportunity. Competitors. So it's a competitive environment when you're negotiating and there's other competitors that are potentially pitching for the same business. There will be a time when they've been working hard and then there'll be a time when they ease off. Knowing when they're easing off is great because it gives you an opportunity to go hard and negotiate harder. So when they pull back, they're getting tired. They won't stick to their game plan. They won't stick to their battle plan. The harder you go, the more opportunities you take out of their hands. So you're using negotiation and you're also able to collect other opportunities that your competitors would have normally got. But because they're not going as hard or they're tired or they're taking a couple of weeks off, you you can swoop in and you can take opportunities off the table that they would have got. Get to the point. So this is where you want to get into the detail. You want to be not beating around the bush. You want to be taking control of the conversation. What this means is, is you want to be saying, right, here's what I see that's happening in your market. Okay, we've done some research. We've looked, I've looked at the trends. I've looked at everything coming in. And you guys, feel free to tell me if I'm wrong, but this is what we're seeing. Start the conversation with, you know, is there anything I missed? It, it really puts it forward on them to then go, hey, this, this, this guy or girl, they know what's up. At least they've gone to this extra level of effort. They've, they've done their due diligence. They, they've got a finger on the pulse in the market. And so don't worry about being wrong. If you've been wrong, the point is, is it gets people talking. That's what you're aiming for here. In a negotiation, you want them to talk. You want them to leak certain information, certain tells, certain parts of it. And the way you do that is by provoking conversation. And if, if you're wrong, it doesn't matter because you've got the intel for the next one. They're going to correct you. They're going to want to correct you. And then you move into the next conversation with a client of the same vertical. You, you now have all this extra ammo. You have it from the horse's mouth. What's really going on? So don't necessarily worry too much about detail. Worry about getting the conversation going. Worry about having that dialogue and drawing out those details with your clients. When you can do that, that's where you're going to win because you can pounce all over those details. You can use them to your advantage. You can craft a new narrative. And because you've got that narrative that sells, that negotiates, that gets your point across, and the other side hears it because it was on point, and it resonated. It didn't, it didn't alienate. It didn't make them look like you didn't have anything to say. It wasn't awkward meeting. Because you're someone of value, things start to go your way and you start to get into flow. So in summary, what you should be doing in negotiation and sales is you've got to be adapting. You've got to be adapting to the different settings, the different places that you might be negotiating, the different social settings. And as you know, I've I negotiated in many a many a strange setting, many a strange position. Often I'll have, I'll have gone to meetings and even the client has forgotten we're meeting, they haven't got a meeting room or we'll end up negotiating or, or, or even pitching in potentially an airport or a restaurant or a cafe or a venue. That wouldn't be my choice, but you've got to adapt. You've also got to adapt to the style of the other, other person. 
you know, if they're dominating, if they're that kind of dominance personality, you've got to, you know, pull out and allow them to feel like you know how much they know. You've got to make them sort of feel like they're important. And if you don't, you'll be missing a trick. So, yes, there are different ways to adapt. And that's really important. Second point, objections. Getting through that phase of rejection, getting through it by doing. Once you stop fearing rejection, you can take objections and really work with them. Objections, you can run with them. Give me your objections. Let's go. Right? Why is that good? Because you know what they don't want. You know what's a problem, a potential problem. Because you've got your questioning strategy, you can drill down deeper and you can extract the right information to help you work with it. Getting into that cadence, getting into that part where you don't feel reject, fear rejection anymore and you can overcome it. And how, how do you continue when you get frustrated or how do you continue without getting frustrated? The way is you have a process and you take action on it daily. So how you do anything is how you do everything. The way to control your emotion is by having a process and taking action on it. If you're fearful of something, by getting into action mode, if you keep emotion and you've got that momentum, you will not fear it as much. The fear will dissipate because you're already doing. When you're doing, when we're doing, when we're out there, it's when we stop and we ponder that it's a problem. It's when we stop and we contemplate and we overthink. Oh, man. Overthinking deals. That's huge. Overthinking deals. Overthinking, have I got the much, as much out of them as possible? Have I got everything that's on the table? That's not what you want to be doing. You want to be having a strategy and a plan and you want to execute on your plan and you stick to your plan. Doesn't mean that you have to extract every single dollar that was potentially available. It doesn't mean that you have to push them to breaking point. It doesn't mean that you have to overanalyze and try to claim every single piece of land. What means is you've got a strategy that fits what you need and you're going to execute on that strategy. And you do that by taking action. You know, you're not going to get frustrated because you have a process, you have a way to follow. And so when you do that, you're going to see success. And that's a wrap. Thank you for sharing and rating this show. It helps us reach more people and spread the message. That message is the believe it as possible message. I want you to believe in you, believe in the situation and believe in your bigger life. That's why I created the School of Success. It's a selection of short courses that can help boost your skill acquisition in negotiation, sales, and self-transformation. This is where it's at, and I want you to win. I want you to build your empire, the empire of you, and become more. So if you're looking to know how to deal with difficult people, to negotiate at an expert level, to sell, and to become more yourself, to develop your mindset, your confidence, to be able to then think about how to elevate your business, this might be for you. So head on over to the School of Success and look at the links in the show notes and get on over there and check out the short courses that we have for you.